0: Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from veteran food writer and journalist, Maria Speck. Maria is the author of Simply Ancient Grains and Ancient Grains for Modern Meals. Her work has received multiple awards, including a Julia Child and an MFK Fisher Cookbook Award. Raised in Germany and Greece, Maria has a lifelong passion for whole grains. She has contributed to the new edition of Joy of Cooking and Modernist Bread, as well as to numerous publications in both the U.S. and Germany, including The Washington Post, Gourmet, Eating Well, Savor, and Gastronomica. In the episode, Maria shares how to whip up tasty, flavorful whole grains in just minutes, why whole grains get a bad rap, strategies for seamlessly incorporating them into your meals, and more. Before we get to the interview, I want to share one resource that has been a real game changer for me. I used to think that healthy eating meant that I had to spend my entire paycheck on groceries, and to be honest, I did used to spend a ton of money on food. That is until I discovered thrivemarket.com. Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially a mix of Costco meets Whole Foods meets Amazon. Since Thrive doesn't have any brick and mortar stores, I can conveniently order fridge, freezer, and pantry staples in just a few quick clicks on their website or app. Then Thrive delivers everything from 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers to organic wine, right to my door. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. I also want to quickly share an Apple Podcast review with you. Keevan P. rated the Health Investment Podcast five stars and wrote, Brooke provides evidence-based approaches to building a healthier lifestyle with her own knowledge of nutrition, fitness, sleep, etc., and with the help of great guests. Her podcast meets listeners where they are on their health journey and is positive and supportive. Thank you so, so much, Keevan P., for taking the time to leave a review. If you've been enjoying what you hear on the Health Investment Podcast, I'd be grateful if you could take a few minutes to write your own Apple Podcast review. Reviews not only provide me with great feedback, but they also help this podcast gain traction and get discovered by new listeners. To leave a review, just visit thehealthinvestment.com slash review. It only takes about five minutes to do, And I cannot thank you enough for taking a little bit of time to do so. All right, it's time to hear from Maria and learn all there is to know about whole grains. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. I think, if I recall, I found you just through a random Google search, and I'm so glad I did because I just am excited to pick your brain about everything relating to grains. Can you just share with listeners your story and your background, and then I guess specifically how you became interested in whole grains to begin with?
1: Yeah, that's a, it's, the, it's the question that, that I love in so many ways, <laughs> and we might come back to it. Um, my, own, my own roots is I was raised in Germany and Greece. My mom is Greek and my dad was German. And I always say I was very lucky because no one ever raised a wagging finger and told me to better eat my healthy whole grains. Mm. So that is really the message, you know, that's kind of, I would say, the message across my life. It's, It's basically... If you've been to Germany, you might have eaten the wonderful breads uh, that we have in Germany. You know, like we still have like real whole grain breads. They're sometimes dense, but they can also be soft and beautiful and moist and uh, delicious. And in Greece, of course, you know, traditionally grains are still eaten in, especially in one of my favorites is bulgur, and we can talk about that later. But also whole wheat berries are traditionally still, you know. in celebratory dishes are still served and barley we have barley rusks which are insanely tasty (laughs) if I may say so Mm -hmm. and the reason why I'm mentioning it is they were just on our table as everyday good food and the the issue I have and I've I've talked about this many times is in the U.S. promptly every January I get calls from you know Um, you know, uh, writers, editors, and they say, can we talk about whole grains? And I'm like, of course we can. (laughs) And I'm like, can we talk about this all year, please? Not just when we want to be eating healthier, because that is where whole grains are, you know, in our mind, we have connected them with the, the word healthy. And for a lot of people, I think that is basically, oh, I hope to be done with healthy eating soon. And I can back, go back to my regular food right and i would much rather have people to think about grains in terms of texture color and even like subtle aromas they bring to our table because that is what i love and when i wrote my first book ancient grains for modern meals i wanted to showcase how they can have a place on our table even in our busy lives Maybe even right now, even more so during this very difficult time, you know, when we're stuck at home um, and maybe are even more hard pressed for time, um, you know, raising kids and working and all kinds of crazy things during the pandemic. And so I wanted to bring, you know, give those those this ancient staple a place on our table.
0: Wow, I love that. I know you're calling from Boston right now. So what initially led you to come to the United States?
1: Um, I was a journalist in my first life. And um, it was a very busy life. Like, um, and I, I come to that in a moment because I have always eaten whole grains, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. despite the fact that I had like, you know, 12 hour or even longer days, you know, reporting late into the night, often writing. I worked for Germany's largest news agency, DPA, and I came to the U.S. as a night fellow at Stanford, where I met my husband, (laughs) now husband, and I stayed. And eventually, I realized that people were really interested in whole grains. And I'm like, oh, I know. I eat whole grains every day. And I cook and I bake with them. And so slowly over time, I realized that, you know, I had a very different message. And to tell you a really funny story is the story that I always tell is, and with which I also started the interview is when I go to a party and I tell people that I eat whole grains at home, I inevitably get this rather um, kind of dry look and people say, Hmm, this must be very healthy. And then I never know what to say because I think it's just good food. And this is how I would love to change a conversation around whole grains to talk about them as if they are really like to get away from the term healthy whole grains, because who wants to eat healthy? We all do, but ultimately we want to eat tasty food. And that's really what my work, my whole work in the past 10 years with Ancient Grains for Modern Meals, and then I published Simply Ancient Grains, um, and also my whole grain baking book that I'm working on right now. It really is about making those as tasty as can be, and so that you can't refuse them.
0: Right. I interview guests from all over the world. So I've had guests from Europe and Australia. But I was wondering, what differences do you notice having been raised in Europe and then now living in the United States in terms of food culture in both places? For me, the
1: biggest issue is really the guilt that we have and the forbidden foods, and it's not just in the US, obviously, it's part also of a diet culture that has spread around the globe, but I think the US has some significant portion, like historically in that, so that basically certain foods are forbidden, and certain foods are allowed, and then we're constantly struggling, and, you know, I, when I was young, I was constantly dieting. I often talk about this and I just loved food too much. So I didn't get anywhere with this, even in Europe, right? Like, because obviously that's very many young women, most young women, I think you can safely say, um, you know, at some point really struggle with food issues. So do young men today and and in the US, of course, you know, we, we have many people on diets all the time. And it's so often about You can't eat that. You can't eat that. And I was like, I like food too much. I can't not Mm -hmm. eat one food. It seemed just wrong to me. And um, so at some point, um, a friend of mine brought a salad with wheat berries home she was like what you today call a locavore. You know, she was very passionate about buying at the farmer's market in Germany. This was long ago and fresh vegetables, fresh cheese and olive oil, uh, lemon dressing. And and she just said, try this. She didn't say, this is a healthy whole wheat berry salad. No, she just said, mm-hmm. try this. And of course, in my case, you know, chewing on the wheat berries brought back some childhood memories, you know, from chewing on wheat berries while I was a kid in Greece But it was also so much more than that. Her invitation to just try a good food made all the difference. It changed my life. It really did because I suddenly remembered, you know, the whole grains like of my childhood and I started exploring them and I realized what a huge, beautiful addition to our table they can be that, you know, when we have The colors, you know, if you've had maybe black rice, which turns, you know, purple, like a stunning burgundy uh, when you cook it. Or if you have kamut berries, they have like a bronze color color. And if you have millet, which is like golden, I mean, there's so much you add to to your table. It's not just, you know, we have not just brown rice. That's what I want to say. Grains are so much more than that. And of course, we can later talk about the whole discussion, you know, gluten-free, because most grains are actually gluten-free. So we have a whole, we have buckwheat, you know, not, nice, um, um, earthy aroma. We have a bulgur with a deep nuttiness. Um you can toast grains, of course, then you get even more aroma into them. So we have we have this rich panopticum of of that we've just not had on our table for too long. And that's where I came from. And the invitation to just try it, rather than saying, This is a healthy whole grain, you better eat it. That I think is what I wanted to also communicate with my work and still do, you know, that we really um Uh, have completely forgotten how good a food grains can be.
0: Well, just after that bit, I'm already 100% convinced that I want to go to dinner at your house sometime because that sounded amazing. Thank you. I haven't had most of the grains that you just mentioned, but I'm looking forward myself to kind of diving deeper into this world of, like you said, trying things besides just rice. Uh, but I was wondering if you could just tell us, so you've mentioned whole grains a lot. So what exactly is a whole grain and how is a whole grain different from a refined grain, for example?
1: Yes, of course. Um, so basically a whole grain is, it has the bran layer, it has the germ, and it has the, you know, um these two parts of the grain are basically removed for better, for keeping them long lasting. So let's say you, you pick a, a wheat berry, for example, or a, a brown rice initially has the bran and the germ, and those are very nutritious parts of the grain kernel, and they have been removed with the start of industrialization because it made them infinitely more, um, they last in your pantry essentially forever, <laughs> right? Right. So um, when you remove it, so you don't need to worry about, um, you know, storing them. And the, the whole grain, especially if you mill it into flour, is more vulnerable uh, to storage. And um, the whole wheat berry by itself is actually will also can also be stored really well. But, for example, um, a refined a white rice, when you remove the bran and the germ let me tell you you remove also vitamins minerals good fat of course fiber you know the bran has a lot of fiber even protein and you know there's iron magnesium b vitamins vitamin e antioxidants so essentially i can i think one can safely say most of the nutrients are gone you know so when you eat white rice um or white flour, or white pasta. And um, the the parts that have been removed, the bran and the germ are really what makes a whole grain so nutritious. I mean, I call them nutritional powerhouses.
0: Mm. I think, yeah, I think grains have just gotten a bad rap because people say grains, I think, and reduce your intake of grains. But I think what they're really meaning a lot of the time is refined grains and not really speaking to the nutrition that can come from whole grains when they have those outer layers.
1: Exactly. And and there's, there's also so much confusion, you know, and that partly is also to be blamed on, you know, um, companies that want to sell us food, right? When they put labels like multigrain or wheat, they call it wheat, but there there's no whole wheat far and white, right? But you think, oh, I'm buying something good for myself by buying wheat bread, right? But essentially... Um, you know, it's just white bread, right? So, so you know, it's not just customers that like we can be blamed for that. There's a lot of also the industry uh, to sell us products and make us think it's healthy or is a whole grain while it isn't. So we have to be like people have to be very careful basically also when they go shopping, right, for whole grain products and. And indeed, like you're saying, there's so much, um, you know, between carbs. I, I, you know, we use the term good carbs and bad carbs. I don't find that very appealing personally, because <laughs> I love grains so much. But at least, you know, yes, you should aim for good carbs, right? And if you lose a lot of weight when you go some of these carbless diets, is because you probably cut out lots of sugar, you know, in your whatever donuts or cheese laden—how do you say in English—pizza that is, you know, heavy on the cheese and white flour and fat, and then suddenly use weight because you also eat more fruit and vegetables, right? But it has very little Mm -hmm. to do with you not eating grains, right? If they would be whole. On the contrary, I mean, experts are concerned that we don't get enough nutrients when we cut out whole grains, right? Because they have all these beautiful micronutrients. Mm. Um, right so that's you know so um, you know we can talk about them like like you know I mentioned them earlier you know we can also talk there's so much more you know to good grains right like when you you know they feed you better you are full faster so if you're trying to lose a few pounds you really you know they help you basically because um, even if you have let's say a bowl of oatmeal versus a um let's say a bar of you know milk chocolate you'll be hungry after the milk chocolate but the oatmeal bowl will Get you probably to lunch, right? So this is the advantages of whole grains. They basically sustain you much longer. They don't give you a sugar rush. So there's a big difference between carbs and carbs, right? Let alone the whole discussion, um, you know, I'm sure you're aware of around gut health. I mean, that's a whole new topic in the past, I don't know, 10 years or something. And of course, we're just learning how important it is. And guess who loves to eat whole grains, your gut bacteria. (laughs) It's really amazing. I mean, they are hungry for it and every day, you know, so it's not something once a week you eat a slice of, you know, or a bowl of oatmeal. No, they actually want this every day, (laughs) you know, so, but, but, To come back to earlier when you when you when we talked about it, you know, so it's really important. I think you know it's good for us to know about the health benefits of whole grains. I know them. You know, a lot of people actually do know they're healthy, but can we? You know, we I think we have to broaden the discussion to really say, please try them for what they are. You know, that they're beautiful additions to your dinner table or to your lunch, and they can be fast. I we never talked about it. Should we talk about quick cooking whole grains and all these things. People think grains take forever to cook, right? I don't know how it is, you know, with your clients, you know, when you talk with them about whole grains, they probably say, yeah, they take an hour. I can't, I don't have that time. Is that what you hear often?
0: Sometimes. Yeah. Or even myself, I'll, I'll admit that I sometimes think that. <laughs> yeah,
1: so this is great. I'm glad you will see in my book because I, I actually wrote the second book for people like you and everyone else that has been telling me, oh, I would love to eat more whole grains, but they take so long. And um, the other thing that I hear all the time is they're um, they're so chewy. So these two things. So one is... There's many quick cooking whole grains that you can have. They are just as quick cooking as, you know, your white rice, for example, buckwheat, amaranth, millet, quinoa, you're familiar, obviously, polenta, farro. My personal favorite is bulgur. I can talk about it for a few minutes later. And you might have heard about frike. Have you heard about frike?
0: I have, yeah. yeah. I didn't know how to pronounce. Yeah, it, that's beautiful.
1: It. <laughs> that's so. That's also another favorite because it's. Um, we have it in Germany. We call it "Grünkern," which means green um, green seed. It's basically um, a wheat, or a, in Germany, it's often spelt, which is an ancient wheat, and it's a harvested early when it's still green. And then it's parched and dried and then smoked. So it has that beautiful aroma. So let's say you can make dishes with it. And it's as if you've cooked over an open fire, which is beautiful. So this grain, which is often sold cracked, is ready in 15 minutes. And uh, it's a beautiful addition to dinner. And you get this new aroma. It has a grayish green color which is also very beautiful and it's just beautiful i mean it's it's a quick cooking grain similar to bulgur um and by similar i mean it's also in the wheat family bulgur is my personal um you know a lot of people call it ancient fast food because why It's so, so quick cooking, exactly. So that's my fallback. So when I'm in the kitchen, I don't know what to make. I make bulgur. Why? So in the winter, a 10-minute simmer, it's ready because it's boiled already. It's dried and cracked. And so it's essentially you could in the summer, what I do, I just pour boiling water over it. I don't even need to turn on you know the stove for cooking it. And um, I use my water kettle for that and then my electric one. And then basically um, after half an hour, I have the base for a salad in the summer or in, you know, if I have roasted vegetables left over or from grilling, I toss them into a bulgur. I put some olive oil, lemon juice, dinner, right? Some feta on top. So I'm saying it's one of these beautiful last minute things that is completely underrated also a lot of people you know I find that would be my first choice if people ask me you know I have no time to cook I will say just get yourself four pounds of bulgur which I just did last week again you know?
0: oh wow and it lasts you said it lasts sometimes. oh
1: yeah I mean you know you have to waste grains I mean that's the beauty the whole grains will last a long time so um, certain grains, you know, are a bit more perishable. One of the ones is whole oats because they have a very lots of, and by oats, I'm talking about the oat berries, not, um, you know, the crushed oats in the U.S. are often toasted. So then they also last. But the the actual, you know, whole oat uh, groat or berry, they will, you know, they have more um, very healthy oils. And then it's a bit more perishable, right? But like, let's say we dry, I have this in my basement for years, no problem at all. I mean, it's just a no brainer. And that's why, you know, mankind has survived, actually, because they learned (laughs) that grains are really good to make it through the winter when they couldn't find, you know, it was no other greens or berries, uh, you know, and animals were hard to hunt, then, you know, they could still have grains at some point, right?
0: Right. So you mentioned using water. Obviously, that's kind of I think the go-to base for cooking grains. But do you have any tips? Do you ever cook them in broth? Oh yeah.
1: So here's here's the thing. My five my five cents about that are I usually do half broth and half water because I don't want to be too salty. And so, but it's beautiful. You can do it. You can cook them with as much broth as you want. Right. I'm not giving you any um you know rules here because I think it's also So personal preference. Some people love to use chicken broth in a lot of things. I use vegetable broth often, but I I typically also just use half broth, half water, because I like to also taste the grain. I'm a purist, so, you know, so it brings out, you know, I don't want to cover it basically with too much broth aroma, but it's really a personal choice, right? What you also can do another beautiful thing with the breakfast grains, for example. Um, you make, you can add whole cinnamon sticks to it. You can add cardamom to it. You can add any of the beautiful anise uh, spices. You can have fennel for breakfast. So all the ones that you normally use in sweet baking, you could toss also a few into your uh, cooking water. And then you have a beautifully aromatic grain that doesn't need much of sweetening because you know whole grains if they're fresh, and uh, then they are also sweet. And you can just a teaspoon of honey to your bowl of bulgur, for example, and um, some almond butter or tahini. That's one of my favorite quick breakfasts. is is ready in ten minutes, and if you make a big pot, you can eat it the whole week. <laughs> so, yeah. so you know the the second book, simply ancient grains, has. Exactly those tricks. It's basically my lifetime of um, cooking tricks for busy people, because that was what I wanted to show people. Make a big pot of of grains at at some point on the weekend or two, and then store them in the fridge or Make portions and stick them in the freezer and then you have them at the ready whenever you need them. I do this all the time. I don't cook grains every day. I'm much too lazy for that. I'm too busy.
0: (laughs) Oh, but so cooking them and then freezing them. I've never thought about doing that. Oh, you can
1: do anything. Grains, I mean, grains, that's the beauty of grains. They're so sturdy. There is very little, you know, there's so much concern around grains. Like People have asked me all these, like, uh, how can you do this? I'm like, grains? Grains are so sturdy. There is very little um, you can... How do you say? You can't break them like a tender filet of fish, right? When you overcook it and then it's gone, right? But grains, I mean, I'm ve- they're very forgiving, right? And so that's the beauty of it. So yes, cook them ahead. They last in the fridge. You can store them for up to seven days. So that's another beautiful thing because what does that mean? Make a bowl of, I'm, I'm using the most basic one now, wheat, berries, spelt or rye, Cook them just like beans, you know. Like, I like to soak my grains, I find them more easily digestible that way. So, I soak them just like dried beans, and then I simmer them the next day, you know, until they're nicely cooked. I find soaking also helps them to plump up more nicely, they become more. Appealing, less chewy, you know. So I don't want to chew through my grains as if, you know, so my jaw pops out. (laughs) So I really want grains to be immensely appealing. And I find soaking really helps with that. And so then you cook your pot of, uh, you know, rye berries or wheat berries. And then you have basically a base for lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Because you toss, let's say, a handful into a soup. You toss two hands, and then you make a salad, either with fresh vegetables or roasted vegetables. Or you'd use some, and you have a bowl, you stick them in the microwave. I know, I do that. (laughs) For breakfast, warm them up, some nut butter, fresh fruit, a bit of maple syrup, and then you have breakfast, right? So So that's what we have to, what we haven't understood. And what I, you know, was Simply Ancient Grains was my passion to show people it's
0: that easy. Right. I'm really, I mean, I'm, this is probably the most basic question, but so when you soak them, how long do you soak them for? And you just put them in cold water on the counter or do you put it in the refrigerator?
1: So I soak, so basically I personally soak only, so called, what I call slow cooking whole grains, which are the ones that are more chewy, right? So okay. these would be wheat berries, spelt berries, kamut, rye, um, all the grains that have, you know, quite hard bran layers basically right while the other grains i do not uh, millet uh, rice sometimes you know if i have time i'll put them in cold water for a couple hours but it's uh, it's not necessary it just cooks up a bit quicker but it's not of essence it's really more like if i'm around and i remember it even like a half an hour and it's not ice cold water i just use you know like tap like um filtered water, but room temperature. Right. And, um, and so I soak the grains, most I like, you know, the slow cooking grains, I like to soak because I find they turn out better. The the result is more appealing in your mouth. I I don't know how to say this, right? Like they are just nicer to eat, right? When they're too hard, to be honest with you, I don't know if you had that. I had, you know, wheat berry bowls, salad bowls, the grains were so chewy. I'm like, oh, I can't eat that. I mean, it's just so hard, right? And that's where where the whole healthy discussion comes in again. When it's so tastes so healthy, will I ever get back to it? Probably not. How can I make grains more appealing, right? So that's where I'm coming in when I say, please soak them. I also cook my grains quite well. So you might have seen recipes where it tells you to cook wheat berries for 20 minutes. Frankly. I can't eat them then. I cook my wheat berries. Most of the time, it depends how fresh they are. So I taste them. Fresh wheat berries can be ready in 45 minutes, but they can also, you know, if they're a little bit older and you don't know necessarily how old your wheat berries are when you buy them, they can take over an hour. And I let them cook until I like them. So (laughs) again, there's no rule here, right? It's more like just, Eat a few, just like you do with beans. I'm sure you've had beans that cook up beautifully in 45 minutes, and then you've had beans that take a while. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And so you have to really, um, that's, you know, because it's not a food, I think there, we are not there yet, but we're getting there. There's a lot happening in the US now with, you know, getting also fresher local grains to people. That's a whole different, you know, like we can talk about this maybe separately, but it's basically, they are the fresh grains. I mean, they're amazing, right? And they're like a world on their own. I often mention my Greek mother who used to carry beans from Greece to Germany in her suitcase. And I said, dried beans, you know, I said, mom, what are you doing? (laughs) Why are you doing this? And she said, I don't like the beans here. And I'm like, why not? They're old. And, you know, once I started thinking about it, then I had some increase, you know, with more er awareness, right? Because she taught me that. I was like, wow, because in Greece, we have this knowledge still, right? The homemakers still know the beans are seasonal, dried, even dried beans are seasonal. I think in the American South, you still have that with black eyed peas, right? Mm-hmm. People really know when they're fresh and they cherish them. But I think a lot of beans, I mean, we have now finally, you know, we have bean purveyors also that, um, Look for fresh beans, but it is uh, in the U.S. When I came to the U.S. 20 years ago, I mean, it was really hard to find good beans as, as good grains, of course, as well. You know, so that is uh, thankfully changing, and I'm grateful for that.
0: Well, where do you buy fresh whole grains?
1: That's a great question. So I'm very lucky in Massachusetts. We have actually, oh, we have so many great. There's a lot happened. So I have a local grain CSA, which is, you know, you might be familiar with these boxes that you're supporting a farmer. So you tell the farmer, community-supported agriculture, that you will take, you know, a weekly box in the summer when they have, you know, vegetables, right? You've heard about that. Well, so we have since 2009 in Massachusetts, Ben Lester has actually created a local grain CSA. And it's an amazing thing. Once a year, hundreds of people line up. Actually, now in February, to pick up their grain share, and they buy then, you know, 50 pounds or something of beans and grains, and um, from him, they pre, you know, they tell him what they want, and then it's all packaged, and they pick it up, and they have fresh local grains, and he's sourcing them from the Northeast. You know, some are organic. Um, I actually think a lot of them now are organic. Um, And so he's sourcing them for people that are um, part of the local grain CSA, which is a wonderful thing. So that's one source in Massachusetts. And actually in the Boston area, we also have an Elmendorf Baking Supply, which is a young couple opened a couple years back. They sell now fresh Grains and fresh flowers, fresh milk flowers to people. And during the pandemic, they have done amazing because people really wanted fresh milk flowers. And it's a game changer. I mean, if you've ever had um, fresh milk flour versus, you know, flour that's been, even whole wheat flour that's been on the store shelf for months, I mean, there's no comparison in flavor, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever even
1: had. That. Yeah, I mean, that's uh that's a, I mentioned this to you, right? This is my my yeah. next project because I have a grain mill at home. <laughs> uh, no. Not just one, in fact. right now I have more than one. I won't tell you how many. <laughs> <laughs> and And so you know basically, if you've had fresh milk flour, And whole grain. I've given it to everyone that I know. People that say they don't like whole wheat and they say, my God, what is this? Because it's something else entirely. Right. Mm. And we have many, many bakers now in America, you know, and of course now it's a very different situation after a year after the last year and still ongoing but we have many passionate you know young people and bakers that are working with freshly milled flours in their bakeries and making you know goods with them and it's phenomenal it's just wonderful it's so tasty and uh you know really also using all the grains that i mentioned you know buckwheat and uh You know, I have also recipes like for, you know, amaranth cookies or, um, you know, I have teff waffles in my bog. I mean, you're like, wow, what's that, right? Like, how can you, how can you, can I get more of that into my life? Because the flavors are so intense, you know, like teff, for example, has like a coconut, um, cocoa aroma, which is to die for, both in the grain when you make a teff polenta I don't know if you've seen Teff. It's like dark and uh, like there's many colors, but Teff has like this alluring, um, the one that we get in the US most often is dark, um, almost yeah, dark brown cocoa color. And you can make a polenta with it. I mean, it's to die for like a porridge, also for breakfast or for, you know, a polenta for dinner. And if you mill it into flour, it's phenomenal.
0: Oh, wow. So yeah, I guess I've, I'm interested to look... I guess just a simple Google search, I could see if there's any type of CSA situation or bakery in my area, and listeners could do the same if they're interested in getting fresh whole grains and trying those.
1: Yes, I'm actually. Let me yeah. add just one thing, and then I'm, you know, I, I apologize. My enthusiasm is big, as you can tell. So. I love it. <laughs> Um, I On my website, mariaspeck.com, I have a tab that's called local grains. And I have, I'm far behind because I'm, you know, my, me myself. So I have a lot more that I should be adding. I just haven't had time. Uh, but there's many sources across the country of, you know, in the west of Western United States and northern, eastern. So I have separated out and sources for, you know, bakers, millers, but also sources for local grains. So I encourage you to look there. And there's many more, but it's at least um, a start. You know, California, for example, also has a strong local grains movement. And I think recently I saw something that they were also offering a grain, a flower share, I think, a local flower share. So I can look that up. So, you know, so there's a lot that's happening because it's, again, it's, it's beautiful for me to see because people care about the flavor and the freshness because what happens with flour more so even, you know, much more so than with grains. Once you mill a grain into flour, I would say 10 days and then it loses a lot of its character. So it's not gone bad, you know, like people are concerned about it going rancid really quickly. It's actually more about losing its aroma.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's what's so alluring about fresh melt flour. And you can even now get, you know, uh, kitchen aid attachments, you know, different, like you can get a basic flour mill uh, from a German made uh, company. Um, mock mill that you can attach to your kitchen aid or like a small tabletop mill if you like to even like make muffins every week or pancakes for these it's amazing you'll say oh my god what was i eating right like once you right. go that route it's like your kids I and mean, people always say kids eat no whole grains and i'm like uh, all the kids that i give the whole grain things that I bake, then yeah. N- I mean they're just eat it. I never say it's healthy, right. by the way. Let me make that very clear, right? I just say, just try this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well I'm wondering because I think obviously even though we stay away from the term healthy whole grains, but the healthiest way to eat them obviously would be like you're saying to kind of grind your own flour or eat them whole that you prepare for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then let's say someone is wanting to buy more products at the store that contain mm-hmm. full grains. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the most misleading terms on packages, would you say? And what should we look for?
1: Yeah, I think basically, in essence, it should be the the ideal is like the that it's 100% whole grain. I mean, it should, if it's okay. specified, and then it should also, you know, it's very difficult, I think, um, even like any study that comes out, it's like even people that are, you know, even people that you know, uh, interested in the subject, have trouble with a lot of the labeling. So, oh, okay. so you know, you should be hesitating. I say this now um, when you see something like multigrain or like what I mentioned earlier, wheat bread, because mm-hmm. chances are it should be a when it's a whole wheat bread, it should actually really specify 100% whole grain, or it could list. You know, all the grains that it's using, but it should really say whole wheat, um, millet, whole uh, barley, um, whole rye, because, you know, you can, every grain you can process, right? So you can have rye, you can have whole grain rye or often also sold as dark Rye, but that's the problem, right? There's so many, or pumpernickel rice, it's typically a whole grain rye, right? So it's very hard. It should really be 100% whole grain. And that's what I would look for. The other thing that gives you a pointer is, that's the only other thing that I would then use is the fiber content. though, And that should be three gram per serving. But oh, sometimes okay. companies add fiber to to something that's not that is not um you know you can have other fibers that you add to it then you make a less than desirable so refined grain like enriched, look like a right. you know, yeah, similar to enriched is mean typically with vitamins, right? Yeah. But um, you know, the the whole concept, I have to tell you, when I came from Germany and I saw enriched flour, I thought, what on earth is enriched flour? Right? Because, you know, we in right. Germany we have a long tradition. I mean centuries old tradition, bread tradition. I think we have like What do we have? We have even a bread sommelier now in Germany, you know, someone that is really, I mean, it's a bread culture, first and foremost. I mean, we have like Brotzeit, which means time to eat bread. We have Abendbrot, which means evening bread, which is really what you eat for dinner is bread, right? We have, I think, 300 different kinds of bread and um, you know, Germans eat a huge amount of bread, and it's traditionally it's been dark. You know, breads also whole grain breads, which of course have also to a large extent disappeared. Right? We still have that tradition, but people also our good bread culture is also affected by industrialization, and um, you know, just like everywhere else. So I don't want to um, romanticize it, right? But we still have that tradition basically, and. Um, um when I came here and I heard about enriched flour, I'm like, why would you wanna enrich your flour if it's freshly milled, it has all the nutrients, right? Like that yeah. we're looking for. Because that's the thing essentially, right? we have companies in germany that still fresh mill the flour and bake with it and it's beautiful it's it's something if you've ever eaten it you say my god what have i been eating all my life right because it's a totally different animal it's it's such a good bread that you have a slice and you'll be nourished right it's truly nourishing bread right and i came here and then i saw all this white flour with all the nutrients and i'm like why would i want to eat that why would i have flour that is like a pill right it's like eating a diet pill, right a multivitamin and I wasn't you know and of course they have done it because when you remove all the nutrients by removing the bran and the germ you have essentially what we call empty calories you just have the starchy center of the grain right? right so so that's why it's done You know, the intentions are good, uh, probably, but, you know, I don't know um, what the intentions were, but, but basically to me, it's like, it's not a real food, a real food. You wouldn't put vitamins into a fresh apple, would you? Yeah. So (laughs) I would rather eat the whole apple with the vitamins inside than pop a pill. So This is my personal philosophy.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you have shared so much and I've learned a ton and I can't wait now to try so many of the different whole grains that you mentioned. Um, But the final question I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment?
1: Beautiful. I love that question. I think um, if you're interested to change your diet a little bit for the better and just curious to explore a few good grains, I suggest you get yourself some mason jars, maybe three to five, depending on how big your family is. And then you get some quick cooking whole grains. And this could be millet, buckwheat, um, you know, quinoa you're probably familiar with. Try some, you know, farro, try some bulgur, try some frike and just learn Learn more about them. Look for some recipes, you know, um, um, if you need help, obviously, um, anyone can contact me on Instagram and ask me questions. <laughs> also oh, also through my website, obviously, anytime, you know. So uh, please go ahead and, um, and l- just learn a bit more how beautiful they can be, right? Because that's what I feel like um um that would be a great health investment for for the new year to just explore a few grains that you haven't tried.
0: Yeah, that's a cool idea and very practical and it's so nice of you to allow us all to reach out to you and ask for more of your expertise. Anytime. Uh so your website you said is a great place to reach you and then Instagram Um, And then can you share a little bit more about your books and where the people can find those? Yes.
1: So my website and both are my full name, Maria Speck, S-P-E-C-K. And um, that's how you can find me and contact me. My first book is Ancient Grains for Modern Meals. And I wrote that really as an um, introduction to really as an inspiration for your table. And the second book, Simply Ancient Grains, I wrote to help all the people that desperately want to eat better but don't know how to do it fast. So, and that's very much, um, you know, that's that's um, Simply Ancient Grains. And um, both books, I would love for you to go to a local bookstore, even if you order through them and have to wait a little bit. I think your bookstore right now will be very grateful because it's so difficult. Um, yeah. I, obviously, um, I, you know, if you want signed books, I'm trying, um, you know, I can send people um Um, uh, stickers they can put in the box I'm happy to do that if they contact me if they want to buy the book and gift it to someone I'm happy to inscribe it with a sticker that I can mail to them
0: so so you know if
1: someone wants to do that I'm always happy to do that and right now yeah yes exactly so but yes I mean they're they're available so um, both of them are so thank you
0: Well, thank you. Honestly, this was, I knew I was going to learn a lot from you. And as you know, I sent you dozens of questions that I was hoping to ask, but you just so beautifully covered most of the topics I was hoping to conquer. And I just am so grateful for your time today, Maria. Thank you for being here. Oh,
1: Thank you so much. I was thrilled uh, speaking to you and um, answering all your thoughtful questions. It was a pleasure.
0: Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis.